Just thank you so much for your great love for us. Thank you, Lord, for your word that speaks to our heart each and every time we get into it. I pray that your Holy Spirit would just minister truth to us now as we grow in the grace and knowledge of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to start with just a little quick review of where we have been the last few weeks. Pastor Ann has taken us into this season of love, and we've been taking note on the first week, she said, she reminded us that God wants us all to experience more and more of his love. And she kind of reminded us that no matter what you're going on, what's going on in your life, we can all experience more of God's love. And then she also said that God has poured his love out into our hearts through his Holy Spirit. So we need to just receive and walk and live in that love. And then last week, she took us to a foundation of love and the fact that God has value, has value for each one of us and he has redeemed us as well. And she took us to that scripture that says, nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. And then we took, talked a little bit about the lies that the enemy gives us versus the truth of God's word. The lies will always, are always out there to deceive and destroy us, but God's truth will revive us and set us free. Pastor Ann kind of wrapped it up by saying, our lives are simply a reflection of what we believe. So this morning, we're going to kind of bounce off that and think about what do we believe? What do we really believe? And I've been thinking a lot about God's love versus our human love. And there is such a difference when you think about it. Our human love is often based on our feelings, on our emotions, or our circumstances, or what we think. It's conditional. It says, you love me, and I'll love you back. It's sometimes exclusive. It's easy to love our own family or our own church members. And it often has great expectations in that it expects good return for good effort. Its source is often self-serving, sometimes controlling, and even a bit manipulating. It can hurt sometimes. I think there was a song out years ago, Love Hurts. It can be painful, it can be disappointing, and it can even be unsatisfying. Like Pastor Ann said, it can leave many looking for love in all the wrong places. We see that every day, don't we? God's love, on the other hand, is divine in nature. Like Ashley said, it's unconditional, it's unfailing, it's unending, it's undeserving, and it's uncontrollable. The Bible says that God is love. That's who he is. That is his very nature. And it's his good pleasure to love you and I. And that's amazing, isn't it, ladies? It's hard sometimes for our, us to wrap our mind around that. I think as women, probably the closest we'll ever get is the love that we have for our children. I don't know about you, but I fell madly in love with my children the moment I looked at them. I, they didn't have to do a thing. In fact, everything they did was cry and stuff like that, but I loved them anyway. I loved them just because they were. 
and my love for them has just grown over the years. They're grown, grown adults now, but I love them more and more each and every day. And because of that love, they know that no matter what they go through, I'll always be there for them. I want the very best for their lives, and I'm always on their side encouraging them and rooting for them and praying for them along the way. But do you know, ladies, although I love and adore my children and my grandchildren, it doesn't even come close to the love that God has for you and I. It's often hard to wrap our heart around that. But the fact is, God loves us for who we are and not what we do. Sometimes we get that turned around, don't we? We think he loves us for something we do, but that's not the case. So this morning, we're going to kind of examine that a little bit closer and see what it is that defines us in light of God's love and God's word. If you had to choose, say, three adjectives to describe yourself, and you know yourself pretty well, what three words come to your mind? Probably as I'm saying that, there's three things that have popped into your head automatically. What are those words? Are you sitting there this morning thinking, I'm tired, overwhelmed, and overburdened? Are you thinking, I'm unappreciated, unloved, depressed, defeated, discontent? Or would words come to you like this, I'm feeling blessed this morning, joyful, satisfied, secure, stable, I'm hardworking, loyal? What kind of words describe you? It's something to think about. The truth be known, ladies, we would probably pick a few words from each list depending on our mood, our time of month, and how much sleep we had last night. That can determine how we feel about ourselves the next day, right? We either get up and say, oh, Lord, it's a beautiful day, or we get up and say, oh, brother, here we go again. It really does depend on how much sleep we had. My daughter has three little ones right now, and she's just running on exhaustion all the time. It amazes me all she gets done. But we should not allow our feelings, our emotions, and our circumstances to define who we are as women of God. We need to see ourselves through the lens of God's love for us and the plans and desires that he has for each one of us. I've heard it said that if you had a book of your life story, the cover page of each one of our books should be, God loves me. God loves me. That should be the cover page of your story. You know, if we simply began each day by thanking God for his great love for us, it would kind of set the tone and the pace for our day. Rather than getting up and grumbling and complaining of what isn't going right, we would be thankful for the blessings that God has given us. As women, our perspectives can become a bit distorted if we let our circumstances or how we feel or what other people have said about us to determine who we are. Some people may have described you as, oh, you could never do that, you're unable, you're incapable, you're worthless. They might have said you're too old or too young or too overqualified or too underqualified. Whatever the case may be, forgetting our purpose and who God says that we are. In 1 John 3, 1, 
the Bible says, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. I looked up that word behold this morning in the original language and it means see, know, consider, look, perceive, understand, and be sure of. Be sure of the manner of love the Father has bestowed upon you and that you are called children of God. Another translation says God has lavished his love on you. I love that word lavished. As women, we can relate to lavished. You're just slathered in the love of, love of God. And the Message Bible reads it like this. What marvelous love the Father has extended to us. Just look at it. We're called his children. That's who we really are, ladies. That's exactly who we are. And that makes us pretty valuable and pretty special indeed. I helped out with the ministry years ago. And at staff meetings on Tuesday morning, the staff leader would always ask us to introduce ourselves and tell something about ourselves. But he would say, I want you to start by saying your name and you're a child of God. So I would say, I'm Maureen Arthur, I'm a child of God. And then I would take it from there. And I can't tell you how uplifting it was to hear a room full of people start like that. Because every word you choose after that kind of defines who you are in light of being a child of God. It's just a blessing. I have a friend here at church, and every time I ask her how she's doing, and I know she's been going through a difficult time lately, she always says, oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. And I thought, you know, she could say, oh, you wouldn't believe what I'm going through. But instead, she says what the Bible says about her. She's going through a hard time, but she's blessed and highly favored. She's saying what God says about her. As I was preparing this study, I had the music on, and a song came on by Toby Mac. I'm sure you've all heard it. It's called, I Was Made to Love You. And when I sat and listened to the chorus, I thought, he's saying exactly what I'm trying to put into words. He says, I was made to love you. I was made to find you. I was just made just for you, made to adore you. I was made to love and to be loved by you. You know, ladies, if God were to speak to your heart this morning, he might echo his words to Jeremiah that say, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with my loving kindness. And that's the truth, ladies. God loves us with an everlasting love. And he's drawn each one of us. And that's probably why you're here this morning, because of the love of God drawing you in. So no matter what negative words have been spoken over you, no matter what you've been through, you can be sure that God loves you and he has a purpose and a plan for your life because that's what the Bible tells us. That's the truth. So today we're going to kind of examine a few women of the Bible. We women can all relate to each other in one way or another. So we're going to look at a couple ladies in the Bible and kind of experiences they went through that may have distorted their view of God's love for them. But then we see how they were restored by the love of God. And um, before we do that, Pastor Ann started, I think it was week one, with a statement that I've been pondering. She said, it's not just a matter of us falling more deeply in love with God, but it's falling more deeply into his love. 
And there's really a difference, and you're going to see what that is as we go along. She took us to Paul's prayer in Ephesians, where he prayed that the church there would be rooted and grounded in love, that they would be able to grasp the vastness of God's love, and that they would be filled with the fullness of God. Um, and you know, I was thinking our busy schedules and our circumstances can fill up our days, running here and running there. And we schedule in a lot of things, but we don't often schedule in a moment to sit and grasp and ponder how much God really does love us. As women, we kind of wake up with a busy to-do list and we hit the ground running, trying to squeeze God, time with God in along the way. Our jobs and our children and our homes and baseball practice and carpools and all the things we do as women can leave us feeling kind of hurried and overwhelmed and stressed out. And before we know it, we feel like we're kind of running on empty. We're feeling drained. We're trying to juggle all those balls in the air, and eventually you know they're all going to come down on you. We can feel the pressure to run here and go there and do this and do that. And we see an example of such a woman in Luke chapter 10. And I know you all know the story, but sometimes it's good to hear it again. It's a story of friends of Jesus, Martha and Mary, and in Luke 10 it tells when, of a time when Jesus and his disciples went to their home, and he said, he, we find Martha being defined by her busyness. Busy, busy, busy with all the preparations that had to be made for her guests. I sometimes feel that way on Tuesday morning, trying to get everybody set up in the morning. I can get busy, busy, busy with all of you that are about to arrive. But then the Bible describes her sister Mary, who simply sat at the Lord's feet. So Martha was busy, busy. Mary was sitting at the Lord's feet. It said she was listening to what he had to say. Jesus describes Martha as being distracted, worried, and upset about many things. Have you guys ever felt that way? Distracted, amen, huh? Distracted, worried, and upset about many things? Of course we have, we all have. But then he noted that Mary had chosen the better thing that would not be taken from her. Now both women loved Jesus. Both were serving him in their own way. Martha was showing her love while Mary was being steeped in his love. Do you see the difference there, ladies? It's easy to look at the contrast of these two ladies and see the difference, but what about you and I? Are we busy running here, running there, doing this and that, that we've lost sight of choosing the better thing? A few months ago, we had a big birthday party at my son's house, and the whole family was there, and you know how that can be. There were people everywhere. Everybody was talking, kids running everywhere. It was a wonderful time. I loved it, love every bit of it. But when everybody left, Danny and I stayed behind to help clean up. And my little four-year-old granddaughter ran to me, and she wrapped her arms around my leg, and she said, finally, I get you all to myself. And I don't have to tell you that I took full advantage of that. 
and we read stories and we drew pictures. She loves to do that. And then we like to go for a walk and look at beautiful flowers. That's what we do. But it made me think of all the noise and the chaos that we often have in our everyday life. And I wonder if God ever says to us when things slow down, finally, I get you all to myself. Do you think that could be? He's probably saying, sit down for a minute and spend some time with just me. I have seen women get so busy that they actually allow busyness as a distraction so they don't have to deal with real heart issues or what's really going on in their life. And I've seen some pretty devastating results of this. We allow things to do to fill up all of our days just to avoid intimacy with people or with God. It may seem like it's the easy way out, but just remember what Pastor Ann said. First and foremost, we're created for a relationship with God and with other people. And relationships take time to be developed. They take time to be strengthened. So we wanna schedule time in with God and people every single day. I heard it said recently that you can have a thousand friends on Facebook, but in reality, be friendless. And that kind of broke my heart that we become like that. Um, Pastor Ann um, said, you know, we need time together. As ladies, we need each other. And social media can be wonderful. I'm sure that it is. But we need face-to-face -face time. We need time at our tables to talk with each other, cry, laugh, whatever the case may be. Connecting with each other and caring for one another is what God has created us to do. So let's not get so busy or distracted with things that we put off time with God and with other people. It's so important. I can't stress enough the value of spending time with God, just sitting and listening to him and basking in his love for you. I think each one of us could slow down just a little bit. If Jesus to his disciples said, come with me to a quiet place and get some rest. And I think he would say the same to each one of us. Come with me, slow down for a minute. Come and hear from me, sit and listen to what I have to say. Sometimes we need to do what the Bible tells us in Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. There's great value in that, ladies. When was the last time you were just still and took time to know that he was God? Being still quiets the noise. It stills our heart. It lets God refresh and renew our spirit. So we need to grasp his love and allow him to fill us to overflow with his fullness. It's always a good idea. I think Pastor Gary spoke of this on Sunday, to check our schedules, check our priorities. What's really important in your life? Are you doing the things that God really wants you to do? We need time with God, and he desires that we spend time with him. In Romans 5, it tells us that God has poured out his love into us through the Holy Spirit. He's poured it out, ladies. We need to take time to sit and receive. That word pour literally means to gush out, to bestow upon, and to spill over. 
Can you imagine God wants us spilling over in his love? My commentary says it fills us, it quickens us, and it invigorates us and all of our being. It's a spring of our actions, the motive of our obedience, and the source in which we love others. So let's take time daily to sit and spend time with God, listen to him, and allow him to pour his love out into our hearts. It will change everything about us. It will change your schedule, that busy schedule. It will change your attitude. It will change your motives. And it will change your plans and your purpose. So if you're stressed out or feeling overwhelmed by your circumstances this morning, you need to fall deeper in to God's love. Another woman we meet in the Bible who might have been defined by her emotions was in John chapter 8, the woman, um, the, she's known as the adulterous woman. I sure wouldn't want to be known as that in the Bible, but that's what she's known as, the adulterous woman. And the Bible says that as Jesus went to teach in the temple courts, the Pharisees brought before him a woman caught in adultery. It says they made her stand there before Jesus. They announced her crime to all that would listen. And then they asked Jesus, what do you think should be done for such a crime? They were actually trying to trap him. But I, what I want you to consider this morning is the emotional state of this woman at this time. I'm sure she was ashamed, filled with guilt, embarrassment, humiliation. She felt condemned, frightened, and I'm sure she felt very much alone. Obviously, she didn't know who she had been brought before, though, because you see, Jesus didn't condemn her. He didn't belittle her. He didn't scold her or embarrass her. He simply stooped down on the ground, the Bible says, and began writing something in the dirt. Now, no one knows exactly what he was writing. Some say it could have been the names of her accusers, but we don't know that to be true. But he just wrote on the ground. And, um, and then, um, he, as he wrote on the ground, he said to the angry crowd, if any of you is without sin, let him be the first one to throw a stone at her. And again, he began to write on the ground. Suddenly, the Bible says, the crowd began to disperse and walk away one by one until only this woman was left standing before Jesus. Looking up, Jesus said to her, where are your accusers? Now you go and sin no more. Imagine, if you can, the flood of emotional re relief she felt at that moment because she could have been stoned to death by her accusers, as was the custom of the day. But instead, instead Jesus simply instructed her, go and leave your life of sin. She was certainly immersed in and touched by the love of God at that moment. Isn't it wonderful, ladies, that no matter what we've been through, no matter what we've done, Jesus stands ready to forgive us, eager to help us, and wanting to love us through it all. What a God we serve. What a loving God we serve. 
The Bible says in Lamentations 3.21, because of the Lord's great mercy or love for us, we're not consumed. Because of, his, because of his compassions that fail not, they are new every morning, and great is his faithfulness. God's compassion for us is new each and every morning, and great, so great, is his faithfulness. You know what, ladies? Others may have hurt you. They may have judged you, belittle you, causing you to, uh, your emotions to run wild. But God's great love, mercy, and compassion for you will never, ever fail you. So we need to bring our emotions to him. We need to bring all that hurt to him. And we need to fall deeply into God's love. Perhaps there is some sin in your life that you have thought, God could never forgive this, not what I have done. I want to assure you this morning, and please don't leave this place till you know that you know that God's steadfast love and mercy is greater than any sin we could ever, ever commit. And he promises forgiveness to all who come to him. The Bible says he tosses our sins as far as from the east is to the west, remembering no, them no more. So go, Jesus would say, and sin no more. That's love. That's great love. And lastly, I want to look at a woman defined in the Bible probably by her feelings. We women are big on feelings, aren't we? You hurt my feelings. <laughs> we all say that for sure. Um, in John chapter 4, we see the woman at the well. And it, the Bible says that as Jesus walked through Samaria, he came to Jacob's well, and being tired of his journey, he sat down to rest for a while. And there he meets a Samaritan woman who had come to draw water for a drink. And Jesus asked her for a drink, and they begin to talk with each other. And this lady soon realizes that Jesus knows all about her life, everything she's ever done. He said, I know you've been married five times, and the man you're living with right now isn't even your husband. Um, we soon, she soon realized who she was talking to, and the Bible says she ran back to town saying to everyone, come and see the man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? In this story, we see a divine appointment take place. It's not just a chance meeting. We see that God not only loves the world, but he loves each one of us individually as well. And we see how valuable this woman was to God, despite her background and despite the choices she had made. It's easy to determine that she was definitely was that woman looking for love in all the wrong places. Upon meeting their meeting, Jesus also said to her in John 4.13, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give them will never thirst, but will become a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. We see that Jesus refers to himself as living water, saying only he could satisfy her heart's need for love and for acceptance. And you know what? You might be here this morning feeling hurt, 
and empty and unsatisfied in some way. But Pastor Ann reminded us again, we were created for a relationship with God and a relationship for, uh, with others. And I think as women, we often try and fill that void with many other things, with relationships, drugs, alcohol, medication, food, um, whatever the case may be, we try and fill that. But the Bible says true contentment and real satisfaction is found in God and God alone. So if you're feeling empty, you're feeling lost, lonely, distracted, dissatisfied, you need to fall deeper in to God's love. He will not only meet you where you are, he will take you where you need to be, and he will give you all that you need. As we close this morning, I want to remind you that God's love is the answer for everything we face in life. It's the cover page of our life story. Jesus came that we might have life and life abundantly. That means he wants you to have a full life, a rich life, a life to the fullest. He came not only to give us his love, but contentment, peace, and true satisfaction. So let your emptiness draw you to that living water and the love of God that will never, ever disappoint you. So I think we've all got the point this morning. We need to fall deeper into the love of God. But you might be sitting there saying, okay, I got the point. How do I do that? I'm going to give you a few points exactly how to do that. You need to immerse yourself first and foremost, in the Word of God. The Word of God cleanses you, strengthens you, and stabilizes you. I think Pastor Ann said the Bible is God's love letter to us. Why wouldn't we want to read his love letter to us? And then we need to take time, like we learn, to sit at the Lord's feet and pour our heart out to him, and most of all, listen to what he has to say in response. Thirdly, learn to lay your hands and your heart on the promises of God. Pastor Gary talked about this on Sunday as well. You need to believe. God, he said if God said it, he will do it. If, it. if you find it in the Bible, it's a promise. God is not a God that he would lie. So you can stand on the promises of God. And you need to allow time, yourself time to get caught up in his love, his truth his word, and his promises. So we don't want to allow anything else to define who we are. We want God's word and his truth to define who we are. And here's a good one for you. It's found in Isaiah 43. I think it's 1 and 2. It says, I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. For I am the Lord your God, and you are precious and honored in my sight, because I love you. That's all you need to know, ladies. No matter what you go through, God's going to be with you, and he loves you. He loves you deeply. That's who you are in the sight of God. Precious, honored, loved and value and that should lift your head up high 
and cause your heart to leap with joy for sure. We've looked at women who were touched by the love of God. And because they were touched by the love of God, their lives changed. And that touch is available to each one of us. I think that God, throughout this season, wants to assure and reassure each one of us of his great love that's not dependent on our circumstances, it's not determined on our emotions, nor is it determined on our feelings. And nothing you can do can make him love you more or make you love him less. He loves you because you are his, simply because you are his and he sees great value in you. His love should bring all the security, all the stability, all the confidence and boldness we need to face this life. We need to walk through life as women touched by the love of God. And it's God's desire that each, that his love would penetrate the deep recesses of our heart. I really think that's where we're going to be going this season, touching the deep recesses of our heart, maybe even the ones that we haven't opened up to God yet, and change our life forever. You know, as we look at the example of Jesus in Scripture, we see that he loved and cared for all people who came to him. We see that he healed the sick, held the children, comforted those who were hurting, and fed the hungry. And in John 13, 15, his instructions to us, I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. So may we all live such a surrendered life, a life steeped in the love of God, that we're able to do what Jesus did, touching and changing lives. We want to leave this morning letting go of anything that hinders that love from flowing through us. We need to rid ourselves of excuses. We need to get rid of the lies that the enemy has given us and all past hurts that have come our way. Romans 12 tells us to offer our bodies as living sacrifices to God, holy and pleasing, which is our spiritual act of worship. So it's time for us to release all of our own rights, all of our own attitudes, all of our own pain, insecurity, and even the busyness of our schedules to God. Andrew Murray wrote long ago, God is ready to assume full responsibility for a life that is wholly yielded to him. It's time for us ladies to wholly surrender and yield our life to God, giving him all of our plans, all of our dreams, our hopes and desires, and holding nothing back. Your heart, if you open your heart and allow him to heal you and cleanse you, he will, you will leave here a changed woman for sure. So let God's love overflow you, let his presence motivate you, let his goodness penetrate your being as you surrender all you are to him. And may the world see that we truly are women of God, touched by and immersed completely deep in the love of God. Won't you pray with me this morning? Father, we just thank you so much for your great love for us. It's so vast and so great. It's truly hard to put words to, but I know, Lord, if we open our hearts to you, you will show us just how much you truly love each one of us. And we give you thanks and praise for that. Lord, we want to be women who make a difference in this world, a difference for you. We want people to know 
that they see Jesus in each and every one of us. And, you know, while your eyes are closed this morning, if you're here this morning and maybe you're unsure of where you stand with God or you know that you're living far from him, we're all going to pray a prayer together. And, you know, ladies, if, if you're feeling like I'm not, leaving that I'm not living that abundant life, you need to wrap your heart around this. And we need to walk in the fullness of what God has for us. So let's all pray together. God, I want to be your child. I want to be devoted to you, steeped in your love. Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart, forgive me of my sins, and make me the woman you desire me to be. Pour your love into my heart and mold me and shape me as I surrender all I am to you. In Jesus' name, amen.